Hello and welcome to another episode of Women of Illustration. Was that annoying? I don't care. It's my podcast and I have no sponsors and I can do whatever I want. Hi. Hello. Well, today we're talking about something that I think is O2 relatable. We're talking about consistency, but more specifically, the key to completing a 100-day project. Because I know many of you guys have tried the Inktober, trying to draw every day for 30 days. And I don't know about you, but I never get past day five, like ever. <laughs> like no matter how much planning I go into it. So I've, I've personally never been able to do this. But my guest, Gina McMillan has. <laughs> she completed a 100-day project, and I'm so proud of her. She has a smaller following, so I'd love it if you guys could give her some love. It's Gina underscore McMillan on Instagram. She's a little bit under a 1,000 followers as we're speaking now. Hopefully, we can give her some support because she deserves so much more love in the world. She's also a coaching student of mine, and she's got so much value to give. Let's give it up for Gina. What's up, Gina? Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Gina and Dina doing a podcast. <laughs> I when I was in high school, there was a group of girls who called ourselves the Enas, like Christina, Trina, Alina. No. Yeah, it was really fun. Oh, that was fun. I was like, that sounds annoying. That sounds great. I'm glad you had a good. It's not like the Ashleys. Like, oh, I'm Ashley B and Ashley C. It's the, at least you had your own identity, so that's good. And we weren't really like BFFs. It was more just as to say. <laughs> Where the Ina? <laughs> I had this one girl in high school. I think her name was, it, it, it rhymed with my name. Let's just say it's Tina. And we never spoke. We were not friends. But anytime I saw her, I'm like, haha, you're Tina. I'm Dina. We're special. We rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> I would just that's that's really, in the hallway every single day. She probably, not looking back, she probably fucking hated me. She probably thought I was the most <laughs> annoying person on the planet. Anyways, but I just thought, like, hey, we're, we're connected. Like, yay. <laughs> we both had curly hair and we're Spanish. So it was just like, represent, lady. Um, <laughs> so let's get into a little bit about, like, so this is, there's no, uh, there's no visual to this podcast. So tell me a little bit about you and your style. Me and my style. Well, I am a, uh, always I've always felt like I was an artist I've been drawing like cute little comics since I was a kid I ended up going to college for uh sculpture so mm -hmm. totally not drawing related at all I was out of left field um and then I worked in like design college for a while I then taught art for a while now I'm a stay at home with my kids and still drawing so I've considered myself doing professional illustrations I did it for a few years back in like 2010 to 2013 um, then when I became an art teacher it was like I had no time for that and now that I have a little bit more time I, I've kind of gone back to that dream but I have to start over like I've had to everything I did in like 2011 is like you know uh, way too old to use as a portfolio so um, I'm now starting over and trying to find my new voice again now that I'm a little bit more mature. Uh, I have, uh, you know, I have a family. So I, I've really been inspired by like kind of the day to day with my kids. A lot of my comics are about, um, you know, the ups and downs of, of being a mom and, uh, and then also just my femininity. I've always loved to draw hair. That's like been, I don't know why. I, and I find that other artists, Many other artists feel the same way. Like, I just want to draw pretty girls with pretty hair, like lots of hair. So you'll see a lot of that too. Like the, uh, sometimes when I really miss drawing something in a really pretty way, I do mm. that. But I tend not to draw very pretty when I'm doing a comic. I like to just doodle it out and uh, 
and, and go from there. So right now I'm, I'm still, I'm still trying to kind of find where the two mesh, but um, mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying the process. And uh, like I said, it's like that hundred day project kind of really kickstarted it and really got it going. Yeah. And you've grown so much since I've started talking to you, like you're now using an iPad and procreate That's right. or before what was, what was the thing that you were using? I was using, God, it's a, it's a moleskin. It's it made by moleskin, but it's, the pen is called Ellipse, so it's an Ellipse pen, and the journal, you have to buy like a special journal, and the idea is that you draw with the pen, and your lines and your marks get transferred digitally to an app on your phone, and so I had originally got it because I talked myself out of affording an iPad, <laughs> and was like, I know, I'll just waste $200. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but I got this instead thinking, you know, this, this will kind of be a good bridge between doing professional quality illustrations that I may not have time for and versus just drawing on paper. Cause my photography skills are like very something to be desired right now. <laughs> um, and so what was happening is I was spending all this time on like drawing the flowers and whales and different things but then I take a picture of it and people be like oh cool you know like it it I didn't feel like it said what I wanted to say and you know so and, and being a mom I was like I'm home alone with the kids all day I don't have time to sit on photoshop and like edit out the texture of the paper and you know mm. so I it got to the point where drawing scanning photoshopping all of that is just too many steps so I don't miss it I don't I just it, it was great. It was like, like dark I just days. And, and I like it. So I loved the pen because that was when my son was like, he was only like three months old. So I, ha- I actually would draw real quick. I would draw like when they were napping. But then when he was nursing or I had to deal, you know, like, like deal with something, I could actually have my phone out and just color it real quick mm-hmm. <laughs> with the highlighter tool and like my fingers. Um, mm-hmm. It was like finger painting for digital uh, yeah. Work, but yeah, when I got the iPad, I really like exploded with inspiration and with trying new textures and and all that. But I definitely think that that Moleskin pen, while it's not professional, had a place. It definitely had a place in my journey for sure. Yeah, it was like in between drawing to traditionally to your iPad. It was kind of like the middleman. Yeah, and I think it had a, a big effect on your style too because you have more of like a doodly kind of s- seemingly simplistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love because I'm jealous of it because <laughs> I wish I could be simple, <laughs> but I have to like add, like all my characters have to have freckles. I have to hand draw every fucking goddamn strain of hair. Yeah. I have yeah. to like, and you know what I mean? And even then I'm like, it needs like four layers of color for shading. I'm like, Ugh. if I try to make it simple, I'm like, something's wrong. Yeah. Um, I just don't like it very much. Um, but yours, it's like, it's so story driven cause it's more comics, which I love. Um, they're all very relatable. And earlier when you're like, I love drawing hair. I'm like, my favorite comics are when you talk about body hair, like either <laughs> leg hair or mustache hair. And that's the yeah. hair I thought you were referring to. And you're like, Oh, pretty girls with pretty hair. I'm like, Oh, that's not, I do think about hair a lot in many ways. I'm Italian. So <laughs> dude, I recently did an experiment where, I, so I'm 31. And I have been shaving my entire body since I was like 11 because I'm Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. And so it's thick. Like I made fun of a lot in school. And I was like, I wonder how long my leg hair can grow. So I grew it out. It took about a month. 
And I had a lot of really complicated feelings about it because mm-hmm. I was like, because I like all women listening to this, <laughs> like I was like thinking to myself, like, okay, because like there's a thing like I have to shave my armpits every day because it bothers mm-hmm. me. And if I don't have it, if it's long, it like it itches and I just don't like it. That is like, okay, I'm doing that for me. But the leg thing, I'm like, I liked it when it was long because sometimes you'll feel like the pricklies when you're in bed. And if you don't wear pants like me, when you go to sleep, it can be uncomfortable. But once it got long, it didn't matter. Like it didn't, yeah. I didn't even think about it. And then my boyfriend was like revolted by it. Like we would be like about to have sex, and then my leg would brush up against him, and he'd be like, "Goodbye." And just like <laughs> it was awful. And hey. I was like, you know, he like fucking rejected me. And he's such a sweetie. Like I've gained probably over a hundred pounds since we've been started dating. Never phased him. Like he's such a like, like. I don't care what you look like. You're mine forever. But the leg hair—that's the showstopper for him. And it gave me like a weird complex. I'm like, so am I shaving for him to be accepted by my own boyfriend, or am I shaving because it feels good for me? Yeah. And I really like had such a back and forth. But at the same time, I feel like when you have a partner, you do things for that partner. Like you dress up on date night. Like you wanna, you want them to like kind of lust after you. There's like a whole thing. Like mm-hmm. he's balding. And if he just let his hair grow out, I would think that's pretty gross. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so I make him, uh, and he's also, like, very self-conscious. So he, like, shaves his head every couple days because I feel like, men, if you're balding, just fucking shave it off. It's fine. Like, it's a clean look. It's all shiny. Like, it looks good. Yeah. Um, and he does that for me. So I'm like, how is this different? And I was like, well, you lost your hair. You can't grow it back. <laughs> like, I'm not dealing with a, a, something like wrinkles or, a, like, a natural aging thing. This is just a societal pressure. Mm-hmm. And it took me so long to like come to terms with it. And I finally decided to shave uh, just because I am going to Florida. And I'm like, I don't know if I, I'd be brave enough to be in a bathing suit on the on the beach with super long leg hair just because I wouldn't want to deal with it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be like, oh, like, oh, and I'm already have like short hair and I'm overweight. Do I really need another thing for people to yell at me about? Because people are dicks, especially in Florida. I know because I'm from Florida. And <laughs> Like we're all garbage people and it takes us like years of moving away from Florida to, to get rid of the garbage personality. <laughs> um, and it just really fucked me up. So I really loved all of your work on body hair because I have such an internal struggle with that. And it's like, I mean, I'm not done growing yet as a person or a feminist. Like I still have so much to learn about myself and like de-brainwashing myself from like what culture tells me what I need to do and look like and act. It's such yeah. a mind fucked. Like I really... <laughs> It like shocks me that whole experience. So, hey, women, are you shaving your legs because you want to shave them or because you feel like you have to shave them? Yeah, when I, when I was in I was in junior high, I would I carpooled with like a, a, another family down the street, and they had an older girl who's in high school. Which when you're in junior high, like people in high school are like, oh, you know, <laughs> and uh, she didn't shave her legs. And, and I noticed it. I had been shaving by then when I was in junior high. So I'd been shaving since I was like 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, you didn't shave your legs. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to do this. And, and this was, I'm 33. So now we're talking, this is late 90s. So this mm-hmm. is before some of that, you know, became more mainstream mm-hmm. with talking about it. And she's like, yeah, you know, my, my grandmother said that if I never even start shaving, like, not only will I get used to it, but it won't feel like extra on me, you know. Mm-hmm. And and she trusted her grandmother, and it's just so interesting. I always think cool of that conversation and wonder what it would be like if I had never shaved. So like 
maybe it's like our generation's kind of lost on some of that, mm-hmm. but like my daughter, maybe I will, you know, I'll probably encourage her to say, you know, Hey, you don't have to do this, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to, but I suggest maybe waiting and who knows, maybe she'll be as wise as, as, um, her name was Angelica. She'll oh, be that's as wise cool as Angelica and not shave. The whole thing just fucks me up because kids are so mean. I remember this, there's just one girl that was in my high school and she was mentally disabled on top of it. And she came from a really, really religious family. So she had to wear certain clothes to school mm-hmm. and she wasn't allowed, she wasn't allowed to shave. Mm-hmm. And she had all these things that kids just made fun of her for. But out of all the things that was going on, the only thing people felt comfortable making fun of was her leg hair. And I thought that was so weird. I'm like, how yeah. is it's a choice? Like the one thing that was a choice like mm-hmm. and even though she, like her family encouraged it, but I found out later that it didn't really matter. They they were they were okay with it or whatever. She because mm-hmm. we were on drill team together in ROTC, and I just thought that was so weird. Like the one thing that was her choice was the thing that people made fun of. Like because yeah. making fun of someone for, for their religion, uh, you're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna make fun of someone because they're meant like mentally challenged. You're gonna get that's not fucking cool. Yeah. So I just was like. And I remember people making fun of her so hard for it. And I think that had such a big reason to why I felt like the need to shave. Because I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't want to get made fun of. And it's just so fucked up. And I know this episode has nothing to do with leg hair, you guys. But it's also a women's channel. So get over it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about the 100-day challenge, I promise. By the way, check out my body hair post. <laughs> check out her body. Like, it's, it, and, the ones, and those pieces that we shared in Women of Illustration did really, really well. Yeah. For a reason. Because it's fucking relatable. Yeah. And it's just like, it, and it is, it is like this age old question. It's like, do you shave for yourself? Do you shave for other people? Do you shave mm-hmm. for society? Now, I don't taking know. that and turning it to your content, this is the reason I wanted to talk about leg hair because I know everyone's got an opinion. Now, are you making content for other people or are you making art for yourself? That's actually a really great question. I would say it's a, it's a little bit of both. I've tried it both ways. I've tried doing things that I think will get me more, more likes, more follows, more comments, whatnot. I've actually found that the ones that I think are going to do amazing always <laughs> fall. And I don't know if it's because people can see through when it's fake versus when it's real. Um, I don't know if it's because um, it, it's just I can't convey something that I don't believe or that I, I'm not truly inspired by. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I will say that I have. I have made content for other people. And definitely with the mom comics, like I did a lot of the mom work was part of that 100-day project. It was mostly to give it a really good theme to help me go from day to day without that, like, what should I draw, you know, mm-hmm. uh, question. But now that that's over, I'm like, well, I want to do more than mom comics or more subject matters, not so much like. Yeah, because you're more than a mom. Exactly. But I do, I have, not only do I have a big following that likes them, I like writing them. So they're still a part of me, but there's definitely more now that's coming up and I'm doing a lot more experimenting. I've, I've taken out dusted off my sketchbook again and I'm like hmm. okay now that I've I've fallen in love with the iPad let's you know, balance it and experiment more um, not everything has to be a post uh, so so there's definitely a lot of that so I would say the work that I truly make for myself now is in my sketchbook it's usually like doodles or something weird hmm. and if I think it looks pretty I'll snap a picture of it and put it in my stories if I don't think it looks pretty no one has to see it 
<laughs> it's not, you know, and, and pretty is a relative term. I, I'd say most of my art's pretty, like, uh, doodly, you know, I, I don't know if it's gorgeous. Yeah, pretty is a weird word to use for sure. Um, but yeah, so if I think it looks good, I take a picture of it. If not, I don't. And then when I do like a post, uh, I try to, especially if it's a comic, I try to make it relatable. Um, but I have, I have noticed that I've added a lot more text than I used to as well. Like I try to make it really, uh, uh, really apparent why I'm making it or who it's for, that sort of thing. Just communicating um, better with your audience is important. And text and I, can be such an easy way to do that. It's social media. Like, you got to be social. And, and <laughs> I have found that, like, the more interaction I get, um, the more fun I have with it. If I just post a picture and it gets, like, tons of likes but no interaction, like, it, it I still don't see it as very successful because then it's like, well, nobody likes it that much to even say anything. Like, not even to say, well, I disagree, or I can have a similar story, or, you know, that's fun to me. Like, I like that. And, uh, and that's what kind of keeps me making and posting some of the more personal stuff that maybe I wouldn't have posted before. Mm-hmm. And like what you said earlier on, like the things that you think will do the best usually flop. That's been my experience as well it's always the sneaky the sneaker sneakersons that are like ah, no one's gonna like this i'm just gonna post it and then it fucking blows up every (laughs) goddamn time it's uncanny and like i wish i could just be like oh this and just say just be like really humble with everything i post like oh this isn't gonna do well just to see if like it's a weird universe (laughs) fuck you or something yeah Uh, but i do think it's something to be said about whether something is more personal or realer to you because think of it like this anytime you do client work and you do personal work your personal work is always going to come out better mm-hmm. always because there's no direction. There's no one to please. You're not second guessing yourself as much as you are when you're doing client work. Cause you're trying to like get paid. Yeah. And it's like, ah, like I hate it. So anytime I tried, I find myself trying to appease my audience. It always blows up in my fucking face every mm-hmm. fucking time. So it's like, all I can really do is like, I, I think at a certain point you listen to your audience, like when you're looking at your analytics, like, hey, if I get more engagement when I write a longer caption versus a shorter caption, that's fine. Uh, I notice I get more engagement when I post during this time versus later in the day, that's fine. But the actual content itself, no. But like pivoting to different subject matters, I get that. Like if you tried, like for me, when I do mental health, cannabis and body positivity, out of all three of those categories, cannabis does the best. So I've often been like, I wonder if I just turned into a cannabis brand, if I'd be so much more successful because like all my best products are cannabis, all my best posts are cannabis, but like, I'm not like, I'm not even smoking weed right now. I'm taking a little bit of a break to make sure I'm not like addicted. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and also we're having a hard time finding it. Cause even though weed is legal in Michigan, there's not really a lot of dispensaries that are open yet in the UP. And there's one that's fucking open. It's two hours away and they're charging an insane amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like $200 for a quarter of an ounce, which if you, if those of you who know what, what weed costs is insane, it's an insane <laughs> amount of money. Um, like I and it was it, to compare it to people who don't, when I was in Portland where it was like a dispensary in every block, I had $60 ounces just yeah. to give you like a diff- quarter, quarter of an ounce versus I, an entire ounce. And so it's just like, ah, let's just uh, fuck you. <laughs> Commercialism. Like I'm just going to wait until <laughs> this is more popular. Like it's fine. But it's like the part of me wants to do that because it's more popular. But the things that resonate with me the most are mental health. Mm-hmm. 
So it's like, <laughs> like you, you can't only just do what you think people will enjoy the most. It has to be something that aligns to your values the most. Yeah, because it starts to feel icky after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, at least with me, the couple times I would post something on purpose, I, uh, it, it just it felt icky. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're like, it's, it feels wrong. It's like when you're trying out a new outfit that you know isn't you, but you're doing it because your friend pressured you to it and you just feel uncomfortable the entire night that you're wearing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel when I wear dresses. That's how I feel when I wear hats. <laughs> or heels. I've never ever in my life been able to wear heels because the first five minutes I'm like, ooh, I'm a fucking giraffe. Like, I'm so tall because I'm already 5'9", so it's like, ooh, now I'm 5'11". Um, and then it hurts and I'm taking them off. And then I <laughs> get shit all over my feet. And it's like, what, why am I doing this? Like, no one else cares that I'm wearing heels. Yeah. I can wear flats. Like, who? And plus, I have size 11 feet. So, like, for me to get heels, it's like I have to go into, the, like, a different section, a different a special website to get, like, really nice heels for my Again. size. And it's just like, ooh, it's just so fr- Like, why am I doing this? To please other people? Like, the fuck? Like, I'm living in this body. I'm experiencing this pain. Like, why am I doing this to myself? So, like, I like to use these examples because it's so clear cut in feminism. Like, what, you know, if, if you like wearing heels and that's something that makes you feel good, fucking do that. Do, like, everyone's ass looks 30% better in heels. I, I feel that. But if you feel good about the content you're making, other people are going to relate to it as well. If you feel good wearing heels, people are going to think you look good in heels. But if you're, like, stumbling and you can tell that your feet hurt and you look uncomfortable, you're not going to look as good because you're in fucking pain. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's pivot to a confidence question, which is, since I've been on TikTok, and so many people on that platform are like 13, <laughs> the number one question I get is, A, how do you get started? Which is, I don't even know how to answer that question without doing like a three-part series on it or something like that. Or just being like, make art, put it on the internet. And just be yeah. like really simple with it. But another thing is like, how did you start to feel, like how did you gain confidence to put yourself out there in the first place? For me, it was, a little bit of anonymity helped give me some confidence and courage. So like when I first started posting my drawing, uh, it was about like 2010-ish. And I it, that was like, you know, the height of Facebook, you know, when when everybody, all of a sudden your grandma was on Facebook. And you're like, what? And so I had so many people in my personal circle and I didn't really want to post on Facebook. So I post a couple things, but as soon as I discovered Instagram, I purposely didn't in, like announce that I had an Instagram. And I would, uh, I would sometimes kind of like post stuff there and not feel like anyone really knew who I was, you know. Um, and that was nice. It was it to me that kind of gave me a little bit more confidence. I got used to saying like, "This is what I made." Um, And then it took me a little bit, but even now on Facebook with my friends and family and, or knowing that friends and family see my stuff, I, you know, I, I feel a lot more confident because I've just, I just had to do it, you know, and I had to be scared and I had to expect, you know, every once in a while, my dad's like, so I see you drew underwear. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Um, But for me, I've, I, that's kind of how my uh, my fears come in. Like, I'm more scared of the people I know somehow seeing me in a new way than I am about a stranger seeing me. And I don't know if that's 
relatable to other people or not. But for me, the confidence wasn't so much putting myself out there to other people. The confidence was really like announcing to my social circle, like, I am a real life artist, quote, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't just doodle. I, I'm not just the girl that was artsy. I, I actually like this is going to be something that I do for Syria, you know, and that was hard because even now, um, you know, I'll overhear like my husband will be talking to someone um, on the phone and, and I can hear like, oh, really? She's making money with this little drawing. Like, <laughs> if I could reach through the phone and stab you in the eye. Yeah. Jealousy's, uh, yeah. It gets me every yeah. fucking day. So it's like, it, it's just interesting. It's more like to me, I think, I feel like it's like the people I knew. It's like I had to prove something to them. And now mm. I have less to prove because I've, I've done so much art and put so much out there. It's like, who cares? honey like this is now what I do so it is it's hard at first and um whether it's it's you sharing your work online or you sharing your work again like with people you know or you sharing your work with strangers or doing it at a gallery it's like you just gotta bite the bullet and just do it Mm -hmm. because the anxiety leading up to it is way worse than the act of just pressing send or pressing post Totally. Um, and, and guaranteed, if you go and like scroll all the way down to anyone's account, it's going to be bad. And then you scroll up and they got better over time. Like, yeah. I wish more people would just show the shittiest thing they've ever made more often. You know <laughs> what I mean? Just to prove like, hey, th- like the quality in the beginning is not what's important at all. At all. Especially in social media. And I always say this in every episode, like social media is not your fucking portfolio. Your portfolio is your portfolio. Like your website, your yeah. portfolio, trying to get clients. That should be highly curated. That should be super nice. You should be taking professional photos. But freaking social media, I know people who just make different, like they make the same fucking facial expression in every goddamn photo and they have hundreds of thousands of followers. So it's like, it's not about the quality at a certain point. Like, obviously, you're, you're going to improve and you're going to want to, like, get a, the DSLR camera, take better photos and over time. But in the beginning, it's just about putting yourself out there in the first place to see who resonates with it. Yeah. And as your skills grow, your audience grows. And with along both of those things, your confidence grows. So I it's think, just like, it's a part of the process. I think some of us who are getting really sick of the super curated look, um, of Instagram too. Like, so I, I've been kind of challenging myself for a while. I was purposely using the same colors and purposely not doing a background because I was like, well, if I do something with the background, it's going to stand out <laughs> really bad. And now I'm just like, I, every time I look at other, other people's feeds, I'm like, wait, they're not, I, at least I don't think they're thinking that hard. I, you can usually tell like if, if it's, so curated that there's no room for something new mm-hmm. uh, I was like I don't want to be like that I want if someone like clicks on my page like I want them to just see like drawing <laughs> you know <laughs> not not like oh wow this is you know this all flows she clearly has it all together you know <laughs> um, because even though I, I wish I had it all together I don't and sometimes like like we were saying it's like the the thing that you think is like their crappiest piece of art like ends up resonating with a lot of people and and it ends up 
kind of inspiring other things that you could do because you just took that leap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really all it is. And like, eventually you'll get better and you'll put more money and you put more time. And like, I do think having a curated feed is important, especially on Instagram. But in the beginning, like if you're just, Mm -hmm. oh, I just don't, I just don't feel comfortable putting myself out there. Then like, just tackle one fucking piece of anxiety at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're not trying to monetize yourself right away, like, like going back to that first question, like, how do I get started? Social media, fucking get on every goddamn platform, post consistently on all of them. And then you're going to naturally gravitate to the ones that you're one doing the best on because you're not going to do great on all of them at the same time. I have 80,000 followers on Lettershop, but then I have like 2000 likes on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just like, bleh, it's just different platforms. And then like TikTok, I've been on that platform for less than two weeks and I'm already at like 25,000. So it's like, okay, I'm obviously gonna, it's gotten to the point where like I'm giving less of a shit <laughs> for Instagram yeah. and I'm like, I'm more about TikTok because that's where I'm getting all the dopamine. Um, but also it's just like, it's free. It costs yeah. no money. You're just putting yourself out there. And then as your audience builds, maybe start selling a thing. Maybe do a commission and then take that money, reinvest it back in your business and then maybe get a better computer or like you, like you started with this kind of cheaper alternative to doing digital art and then eventually you got an an iPad. Yeah. And like, and if you're the kind of person who's got like a, I got a wealthy partner and if you got a wealthy parent, fucking yeah, get a fucking iPad, get a DSLR camera your first year doing art, like do whatever, like if you got the resources, use what you got. But if you're like most people and you don't have money, like you don't need to have all these crazy tools in order to succeed exactly you really don't like you just have to find what works for you and mm-hmm. make it all right so let's get into what made you want to do a 100 day project in the first place um that's an interesting question because i think it was definitely fomo for sure i started <laughs> seeing other artists do it like a few years ago and i'm gonna i'm gonna name drop one that I saw uh, this was I don't know if it was 2017 or 18 I want to say it was 2017 though um and it was a uh, an artist I don't know how I, I found her because I don't think I had heard of the official 100 day project yet mm-hmm. but um her name her handle is uh Maggie Cole Draws mm-hmm. and she does this like uh, mostly portraits. I think she does watercolor. She got an iPad at some point, but her 100 day project was 100 days of hair. Oh, and wow. I think I discovered her around like day 60, uh, popping up. Uh, someone shared her work that I also followed. And then I, so I followed her. And, um, but then she would show up every day, you know, and I would always click like. So she was always like almost every day a new hairstyle, right? She did hair which is interesting that I just talked about how to care and so she had like this and I was always like oh that's so cool oh I love that hairstyle oh she's doing orange hair right now like (laughs) and 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 I was super into it when I first followed her I remember just glancing at her previous stuff and it it looked as though something happened where she had started and she was just snapping cell cell phone photos of her sketchbook and then eventually she transitioned to scanning them in. So they were a little bit cleaner looking. And then I, I think either at the end or just after the project, she got an iPad. So she started showing the, the Procreate time lapses. And mm-hmm. it, it was just really interesting to see also her following grow. I remember when I 
followed her, it was just like a, maybe a couple thousand pop. And I think through lots of shares and just a really cool uh, progression, I, I she was in the tens of thousands by the end of it. I just remember going like, oh, man, I need to do that. And, <laughs> and that was like a long time ago. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I heard about it on a podcast, uh, another podcast, and they were talking about like there's an official one and it officially starts in April. And if you join in and use this hashtag and you can create a whole project. And so I got all worked up and, you know, I, I still had a full-time job then. So I had my daughter, a full-time job. I'm trying to like, okay, I'm going to get started with my bus dedicated sketchbook and all this stuff. And I think I did two days and I didn't post either one of them because I thought they, they just sucked. Okay. Um, and the second year was the same thing. I was pregnant with number my second uh, second child and and I still had my full-time job at the time. And I, I did one day and I was like, yeah, this is, I'm way too pregnant for this. I'm about to pop. Like, it's not going to happen. And then when he was about three months old, it was August. And I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. I don't care if it's August. I don't care if nobody else is doing it. You can do it whatever you want. I'm going to use this hashtag. I'm going to do 100 days because now I have something to prove. Hmm. And and so I had tried a few times with lots of planning and lots of buildup and doing it with the, with the whole world. And it just, for some reason, the timing never worked out and it was just in getting that Moleskin thing like I got a Moleskin commercial I don't even think it's like a professional grade thing but it's just so much fun and this is my one chance to try and be an illustrator again now that to try and like not go back to work you know like I don't want to go back to my full-time nine-to-five stuff so I need to like find a way to get it updated portfolio and get get relevant and make art stop talking about making art (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's such a huge like stop planning to do art and start actually making the art and I, I do think those challenges like you feel like an obligation to yourself you've put yourself out there you have accountability at this point even if you only have a couple hundred people or even just 20 people you still feel more accountable than if you were just doing it privately in your own sketchbook And I've never heard of a single person doing a hundred day project and they weren't better because of it. Because yeah. regardless, if you didn't get a bunch of followers, your skills improved greatly. Oh yeah. Like every single, I look back at my career and every single time I had like a crazy project. And I always talk about like my, this one book deal that I got and I had to do like 300 fucking illustrations in three months. It was such an insane project that I was horribly underpaid for it, which is a whole other story, but that's how I found my style. Like that's the one good thing that happened from this book deal was because I was rushing so hard. And I just got an iPad like right before I did this project. Mm-hmm. And that was, so I learned how to draw on the iPad real fucking fast. <laughs> um, and I was using Astropad at the time. Now I just use full on Photoshop and on the iPad because that's a thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was insane. Like I quickly realized I don't want to just do lettering anymore. And the book was all lettering. It was like how to draw, like the big awesome book of hand and chalk lettering. (laughs) So there there wasn't any illustration. And I had done so much lettering that I was so fucking bored of it. 
that I was like, I want to start drawing people. I want to start doing illustrations. And that's what took me to the next level. And then from that one project, I figured out my shit. And then that was just like over the last two years and like crazy got a following, like really found my voice, really found what was important to me because it just took me to the breaking point of like, why am I doing this shit that other pop people want me to do? Why am I following the trends? Why am I copying what other people are doing when I'm not even fucking enjoying this anymore? Yeah. Like, I just want to do whatever the fuck I want. If I want to curse, I'm going to curse. If you leave me a fucking review that says, Dean, you curse so much, go listen to another fucking podcast. Like, this isn't <laughs> for you. We don't have sponsors for a reason because I like my freedom. If you like the audio quality, sorry. Like, we don't have sponsors. She doesn't have a professional microphone. Like, get over yourself. Like, but it's good fucking content. Yeah. And it's free. So don't complain. It's fucking free. And it's just like, you know, like just that freedom. I realized a long time ago for me in creativity and what, like the main driver behind why I'm creative is the freedom. I am unemployable. I would I've been fired from every job I've ever had. I've been because I fucking got bored and it showed and my work suffered very greatly for it. But here I do whatever I want. I wake up when I want. I do what I want. I draw what I want and I wouldn't have it any other way. And all of the years of like wasting money and finding myself and it taken like this is year eight now that I'm like took my art more seriously and it finally paid off. And that's not really that long. Eight years. Yeah. You're in school longer than eight years. Like it's not like I'm 31. I feel like I finally made it. I'm making a living doing what I love. And it, it is only because I stopped giving a fuck what other people thought about me. So it's like. If a hundred day project gets you closer to not giving a fuck, do a fucking hundred day project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, do a hundred day, do 30 days, do uh, a weekly thing. You know, I, I'm a, I like challenges. I like, I like to give what I'm doing a name, you know? <laughs> um, so I, I like that. Some people, they don't thrive in that, but then maybe it's like pick a big project that requires you to do a lot of work because it really is putting in the time and, uh, and and putting in that energy and focus. And if you do it in a short period of time, your brain like can really make those connections. You mm-hmm. don't have to relearn how to draw. Like I, like I said, I, I did a lot of illustration in like the, between the years like 2011, 2013. And I got really good. And then I stopped for a very long time because I was adulting. And <laughs> and I, I doodled here and there. And I considered myself an artist. I still kind of always thought in the back of my head that I should, I should be illustrating. And uh, when I went back to it, it actually took me a while to like get in the groove of drawing again. And turns out I am actually much better because I was an art teacher. So I actually was drawing every day, but I was drawing I was drawing things for my students and with my students. So yeah. it was very different, but it's interesting because it took that hundred day project to get me out of my own head and to, it, it wasn't just that my skill got better. It was just my ability to look at a project or come up with an idea or even just feel confident that my idea is worth drawing and stop overthinking it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I didn't have time to overthink anything. So I'm not sitting home drawing all day. You know, I, I couldn't draw till my kids went to bed. And so I'd have from eight, maybe 10 at night to draw. And that's if the little one left <laughs> that long of a period of time. So like sometimes I'd have to stop in the middle <laughs> halfway um, to get something done. So uh, it was interesting. I had to like know 
what I was going to draw the second I sat down. I couldn't sit there mm-hmm. and be like, what should I draw? <laughs> no, I love that. And like, I feel like everything's so easy for me now, but it's not that it's easy. It's just I've done it so many fucking times. Mm-hmm. Like when people are like, oh, how do you come up with ideas to draw? I'm like, what are you talking about? I have like, I literally have over 30,000 ideas in this Evernote document of just ideas. Like I will never run out of ideas yeah. <laughs> for a drawing ever because it's like, I've just gotten so in the habit, like, oh, that's an idea. Let me write it down. And then at the end of the week, I look at all the ideas and I delete the ones that I think are stupid. Cause maybe I, it was funny in the moment, but then I like, I don't even get it later. I'm like, well, yeah. that's not good. That's not a good idea. I should probably delete that. Um, <laughs> And then it's like, and I have such a set process of like, okay, I'm going to find my references. I'm going to put it into Photoshop. I'm going to go ahead and figure out what typography I want to use. I'm going to do a sketch. Then I'm going to do an ink. Then I'm going to color it. I color it in the same way. I use the same fucking colors. I use the same fucking brushes. I export it. I put, then I make products and it's like, okay, I'm going to find a mock-up to make sure it looks good on a product. Okay. What products do I want to put it on? And it's just so automatic now. It's like driving. Like, have you ever just been driving? And then you're, you get home and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? Like, cause you're just so automated when you get in the car, like, especially if you like commute from work and back, that's how I feel about art. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, it's done. How, what happened? <laughs> like, where did time go? And that took years to get here, but it was like, it does happen. Like the littlest things that you don't think are important while you're practicing will improve aside from what your skill is. Like your confidence, like we mentioned, like your, the way that you come up with ideas is going to improve. Mm-hmm. The way that you present yourself online is going to improve, but then eventually you're going to get bored. And then that's when you change things and you up the quality. Yeah. And then that, and then that's what I just keep doing my whole entire career. So it's like, okay. But let's – so let's get into planning for a sec because I know a lot of people are like, hey, that sounds great. I understand the benefits of the 100-day project. We, we get a Dina. I want to do one. <laughs> like, but like go. how? <laughs> so like how did you specifically plan for your 100-day project? And like – or did you just like go for it? Um, it, it was like a combination of the two. I kind of like I said before, I – the planning part would be that I did order, like I did some research and, and found this pen, you know, that, that would draw into the journal and go into my phone. And, um, and I just, I had seen someone do it on a video on Instagram, you know, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I need that pen. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to solve all my drawing problems. Of course. <laughs> It'll even make the drawing for you. You don't even yeah. think about it. <laughs> and that didn't work. Um, so I got the pen, and the first day that I had the pen, still not thinking about a 100-day project yet. So technically, it wasn't planning it, but I'm just, this pen sucks. It keeps glitching. It keeps, like, shooting, like, little lines off in other directions. And coloring with it sucks. And I just, like, hated it. Put it down for a week. A waste of money. I need to just send it back. And then I gave it another go, but this time I, I didn't try to make it look like something it's not supposed to be so Mm -hmm. I ended up embracing the fact that it's super low tech it's super you know really basic and that I can't sit there and sketch because the the pencil sketch will block whatever grid micro grid is on that paper that tells the infrared camera inside the pen where your pen is on the paper so it can draw on digitally on your phone so I was getting all these glitches and I figured out it's because I'm sketching. So I was like, that's it. I'm just going to like, maybe I'll practice on a sticky note, but I just have to go in, draw it as quickly and simply as possible. And it will look pretty good. And that's what, what happened. Um, 
and I did two comics. I was like, I'm having so much fun. I know. I'm going to do a 100-day project. <laughs> and, and I was at a Starbucks, just like getting out of the house away from my loud family. Um, and just having some me time doodling. That's it. So I drew like three things that were in front of me, like my eraser, wallet, my coffee. And I was like, okay, these are the first three drawings. And so I got a little bit ahead. And then I, so I had three days ahead. And I was like, okay, it's my 100-day project. And, and then I just did a drawing every day after that. So I was always one or two days ahead. So I never felt like the pressure of the world coming down on me. Like, so if I had mm -hmm. to take a day, I could, I could catch up. Or, you know, I, I never, that was the secret to how I didn't miss a day. Was mm -hmm. I, I was actually always a couple days ahead. So the drawing I posted, I had actually drawn like a day or two earlier. But I did draw every day with just taking a couple days off in between. But it didn't really look like it until the very mm -hmm. end when I got sick and I had to take like four days off in a row. But, so yeah, no, no real planning other than maybe doing a few of the doodles first. I say just go for it. <laughs> yeah, just go you for know. it. Anytime I over plan, I plan so much that by the time it's time to do something, I'm too tired. Yeah. It happens every fucking time. Like, that's why I think it's the worst thing you could do in the world before you draw is go open Instagram or open Pinterest. Because yes. those apps are tailor-made to get you addicted and to be in the app for as long as possible. That's yeah. the entire point. It's a video game, okay? So if you're trying to think of it like either set a fucking timer, like 10 minutes or something like that, um, or just, you know, when you are naturally scrolling in those apps and you're just having a good time, like, you know, save things for later reference. Like, that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And so when I want to draw something, I already know what quotes I'm going to have. I know what inspiration I'm going to use. And I just pick from those boards. Like I, I'm all about collections on Instagram and then I just fucking go for it. Um, and if I overthink it, it, I, it, it ends up, I get further and further away from the meaning of the piece I yeah. find. Um, and something I learned as a lesson when I was really young was how, so I won this scholarship by making fun of it as a kid it was just crazy so i first i won county and then i won state and then i won the country and then i won the, the entire world from this scholarship That's that i did cool. as a joke and it was a it was a quote that was walking feet to better health and feet was spelled like f-e-t-e because that was the name of the company and so i drew the most literal <laughs> piece for this piece so I, I did like a yellow brick road with footsteps on the road that went up a mountain and it was about health so i had a black arm and a white arm holding a cornucopia of fruit and vegetables right the most obvious fucking thing you could do to really put those much meaning as possible into what that phrase meant mm -hmm. as a joke all my other friends that are doing the scholarship are like going crazy they're like overthinking it and i made this piece in two hours in art class nice. like I, I i like the class is an hour i stayed in class and then i stayed after class to finish because i didn't have any art supplies so i just she let me stay because she's nice and she also knew i like grew up in a trailer park and i could use the money so she was like she, my art teacher was so helpful in helping me get into art school she really believed in me mm -hmm. even though i was not the most talented kid in that class no 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 but i had more hustle than they did because i had no money yeah <laughs> and that makes a huge difference especially later in life uh and then i fucking find out after i graduated high school that i won the award for everything 
and I got this amazing scholarship to school and I did it and I didn't overthink it. And I've always taken that lesson with me throughout life. And I still think it's fucking hilarious that I won because I was making fun of it. Like I thought of like, oh, this is the most obvious thing you could do. And it's like, and I think about that now, like when I, I'm like, oh, then I can add more meaning and I can do this and go crazy. It's like we live in the world where we're making art from the Instagram machine. And, mm-hmm. and the people who are the most successful are the people who get the quickest from point A to point B. Point A being I have an idea. Point B being here it is on Instagram. And the fastest you can do that, the better you'll be off because at the end of the day, it's all about consistency. Like I look at even a student. We just interviewed her for this season of the podcast, The Cosmic Feminist. Okay. Yeah. She's currently getting 13,000 followers a month. Oh, yeah. And she's awesome. we, she's doing great. Yeah. Zulfa's the, she's the business. I just had a, my last coaching session with her this morning. And I was talking to her about it. She's like, I, you know, I need to stop listening to your advice for a second and I need to just make stuff. I'm like, that's cool. But then we were like kind of teary-eyed at the end. I'm like, is this the last time you'll see me? I'm like, I have, bitch, I have two podcasts. Like, you'll hear me. You'll you'll see me. I'm everywhere. Yeah. Um, but it was so interesting because all of her work, it's all she's putting out tons of content. She's putting like three or four pieces out a week. She's not really promoting her shop that much. It's all about like growing a following. And she's doing so well. Like she's get she has way better engagement than I do, way higher numbers, and I have four extra following. So it's just yeah. like, ah, it's like overthinking it is the worst thing that you could possibly do for yourself, no matter what kind of art that you're making. And now people who are like the traditional painters in the house, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I understand shit takes a long time for you to do. Not everyone can have a, you know, an iPad and that kind of thing. And I totally understand that. But if you are thinking about doing a hundred day project, just try to figure out what's the simplest version of your work. Like I've seen yeah. like really amazing traditional painters that do like these crazy huge canvases and they'll do a hundred day project where they do like this, like a two by two inch canvas. And just f- try to then just like really reduce the scope and make it as simple as possible. Or people who will do illustrations the size of a quarter mm-hmm. or they'll I've, just do lettering in their own handwriting or something like that. I've seen like, especially people with longer form work, they, the hundred, they still work every day for the hundred day project, but rather than that traditional, like you have to post every day, which does help your engagement and all of that. But instead of that day, they take maybe a picture every day, but they only post once a week because maybe that's just too much for them to like be on Mm -hmm. Instagram or it's, well, it's not that I'm not drawing every day. It's just that I don't feel like posting it and writing something and coming up with, (laughs) you know, like, and so I get that. So it would be like, oh, here's my carousel of this week. And you can look at what they did throughout the week. And then I've seen that. And I've really enjoyed it. I've seen people not, you know, uh, do the 100-day project, but uh, they're making one piece of art. And they're doing a little bit of that every day. So like embroidery. Mm-hmm. It's like, see, I'm starting this. Um, there's uh, another uh, another artist that I follow, which would have been an awesome 100 day project but i think she just did it kind of for fun and and she's uh i gotta find her name so that i can give her a shout out at some point but uh she she did like this, this like this giant poster size full of tiny dogs and <laughs> it's it was just so cool every couple of days she would uh she would take a picture of it and and there'd just be like 10 more dogs on it and it got bigger and bigger and it looks like you know it, i think it's like i said i think it's like eight uh 11 by 14 size or it's probably bigger it looks like a full poster um but her her handle is uh, her name's Kristen but her handle is Chrissy Reaney and uh she's really great but uh, that would be a perfect 100 day project 
I'm draw a tiny dog on this poster every day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she, you know, you could have something really cool. So it's not always about doing like an individual work of art every single day. Uh, mm-hmm. And for me, it helps not think of it as art anymore. You know, like, yeah, I think of it as content, which is such a weird thing to say. Yeah. But like, like every company in the world has to make content. Mm-hmm. Every single one. So it's just like artists are the only ones that have like, like if you've ever taken like an Instagram course that was not made for artists, you're probably going to hate it because <laughs> it has nothing to do with you. Because you obviously your art is, it, you know, of course it's going to be so internalized. It's going to be so emotional. It's going to come, even if you're talking about like fluffy subjects, like how much you like Star Wars or some shit like that, like you still put so much heart into what you're working because you fucking made it with your hands. It's a little bit different than like taking pictures, like especially if you're like a model, that type of thing. Not to say that. <laughs> art is better than models don't fucking dm me okay i'm just saying like it's just different it's just a different experience so it's like whatever is the easiest way it's the, just remember what is your goal with the 100 day project and i think followers is, is always a bad goal yeah like followers and money i don't think that's a good goal i honestly think it's just building your skill building up your confidence finding your style like those are the things you have to figure out first anyways before you do any of that other shit yeah. We're just saying doing doing it publicly. That's the big thing. So if you're wondering what the first step is, it's putting yourself out there and posting. And I do think a 100-day project can make a huge difference. Well, one of the things you told me, I remember, like, you know, when I first started coaching with you, I'd say one of the best pieces of, of advice you gave me was, like, don't try and sell anything. Like, don't. <laughs> you you are just making art. You are, you know, you need to, to make this art right now. And you need to focus on that because that's what you know, what people are interacting with. That's what people are going to, you know, want to see more of your work. And that's what's going to help you decide what you're going to do. Like, and it's, it's been really nice to not put any pressure for me to like suddenly start making all these products. I still don't even know what I would want to make. You know, I want to make drawings. I think you're almost there too, actually. I think you're almost at the product mode, but I want (laughs) to see you figure it out. Like every, every week that, or every month that I talk to you for coaching and like, you're so much closer. I know. I know. And also, like, the fact that I am, like, you do have the accountability of having, like, a mentor and all those things. Like, yeah. that's going to help you grow just that much faster. And something I try to keep in mind for people is, like, I've been, like, again, it took me seven years. Mm-hmm. Seven years. I don't fucking, like, I know there's, like, success stories and people who did it in a year or six months. That's great. They're the exception. Okay. They're not the rule. It's just like, oh, you actually fell in love with your high school sweetheart and you were happily married for 70 years and then died in each other's arms. Yeah. That's not the norm. <laughs> like that doesn't yeah. fucking happen to everybody. So it's like, we have to stop seeing these success stories and comparing ourselves to them and just think a little bit like, as long as I'm doing what I want, instead of just telling people I'm an artist, I'm actually going to put, cause the second you put pen to paper and you post it, guess what? You're an artist. It doesn't, yeah. you're, and you're, you know what I mean? Like you're doing it. Um, and then also, like, another thing I wanted to mention is if you do decide to do a 100-day project, I know plenty of people who are parents and that are artists, and they do things like, oh, I'm just not going to work on the weekends, even if you're going to do, like, a 365 project or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy named uh, Chris Piasek, he is de- – I, I don't even know what his number is, like, 20,000 20, days of drawing. and Because mm-hmm. he, he's just been drawing every single day, Monday through Friday, for years. And he awesome. makes a book every time he hits another 10,000 because he's a beast – and this dude, like, found his style so quickly. He, like, found his voice. He's killing it. You know what I mean? He's a professional. He works for, like, Nickelodeon and, like, all these cool fucking – because people are attracted to his specific style. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no rule saying like, this is the only way to do a hundred day project. No, it's the, do whatever the fuck you want. You can do a five day project. It's up to you. Yep. It's just like, whatever is feels right and gives you the least amount of pressure. So just like reduce the scope. Just kind of like if you have a really cheap client and they're like, oh, I only have, I don't know. I don't know what your rates are, but like let's say $250 to do a thing. Like, oh, well, I normally charge a thousand, but I can reduce the scope enough to where it would, would be worth only $250. Think of it like that. Yeah. Like you're just reducing the amount of time and pressure you're putting on yourself normally. And if you want to do like the hundred day project on the side of your normal pro of your normal work. So you have like this cool, like checkerboard effect in your, in your work of different kinds of styles. There's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. I, I think like some of the things that helped me was like not being married to the rules. And, mm -hmm. and so it was, you know, I, it was okay to work ahead, right? Like, hello, mm -hmm. you don't have to see what I made five minutes ago. Like, you know, that, and so that was okay. And it gave me just a sense of safety. And then same thing with, it's okay to be behind. It's okay if I miss a day. It, it, it's fun. You just pick up where you left off the next day. And uh, it's okay to change your style midway. Like, so I started... Uh, I started out just drawing something in front of me. That was my, my original 100-day project was whatever's sitting around, I'm just going to draw it. Then I started adding text to try and make them silly. And that was working. And then I, I started coaching with you, and you're like, hey, you should, you should really do this funny thing a little bit more. Because it's fun. <laughs> People and like funny, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, hmm, all right. Dina wants me to be funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I, I like was like, okay, I'm gonna just gonna keep with the funny. I'm gonna keep with the funny. And there were a couple. I would not say that every one of my comics was like rolling on the floor, peeing your pants. Funny, <laughs> it wasn't. But it was, it was, it practicing that that style. And, and some of them were even. I had a, a few, a uh, few days where it's really down on myself. So I did a few that were more serious. But uh, you know, at the end. 100-day project didn't look anything the way that I thought it would at the beginning when I was like, oh, I'm just going to draw things. I'm going to get better at observational drawing. Mm -hmm. And instead, I ended up getting better at storytelling, cartooning, and just in general kind of drawing people, drawing uh, situations. And that was a lot mm -hmm. of fun. And practicing, you know, what is my sense of humor? Like, what is it? And, and how can I express it? And so I, I have, I have a handful that I'm like, wow, I never would have come up with this idea if I hadn't been drawing every day. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, it's been really nice. So what kept you motivated to finish it? Cause not very many people who say they're going to do a hundred day project actually finish the hundred day project. Mm -hmm. Well, some of it was the coaching. Like I said, like I brought you on. So then I knew, oh gosh, for months and months, I'm going to be like, talking to her to be like, oh, how's your project going? <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of like being in, you know, going, going to school. I was always a really good student. So it was like, I'm going to be a really good coaching coachee, right? Um, <laughs> that was one. But um, aside from just that, too, I think I probably would have finished it anyways because I started getting comments from people. Some were people I knew, no, in real life. Some are people I met online. But, oh, I really love your comics. I look forward to them every day. And and mm -hmm. that was really, it's like, oh, no pressure. 
<laughs> no pressure to be funny for you every day, but here we go. <laughs> uh, but it was true. It it was very motivating. Oh, these people are going to know if I give up and they're going to be disappointed in me. Like, like somehow I'm going to be letting them down. So that, that was definitely some more accountability and it was motivation. And so it wasn't just like accountability in the sense that like, Oh, I got to get this done and shameful, but it was also fun. It was really nice to hear people say that too. So it was like, that's right. I want to do this. This is why I'm making comments to make people laugh, to have them look forward to it. Um, and a sense of pride. I, you know, I, I had mentioned before I had a full-time job. I, now we have, that we have two kids and staying home and part of me is like, don't waste this year. Don't make this the year that, you know, that nothing is accomplished personally. Cause I've always used that. Like I have this full-time job. I don't have enough time, blah, blah, blah. And so there's like this sense of pride that has been eating at the back of my head. And I don't know if it's healthy, um, <laughs> But I do know that this time around, I was like, no, I, I need to, I need to finish something. It's been a long time since I finished something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely a like a serial beginner, and <laughs> then I let it trickle off. Like this, finishing this project is not the quintessential me, or I shouldn't say quintessential, but it's not like the usual. It's just, I'm just so happy though that I was able to do it, and it was not easy but it's possible. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if I can do it, anyone can. <laughs> yeah. It's like, not that it's hard. It's always just tedious, right? Yeah. Anything that I've ever done that worked out was always just tedious. It's not hard. It's not hard to draw. It's what, tedious as fuck. What <laughs> like, I thought you gotta was, do it all the time. What I thought was weird is that uh, at the beginning, I would take about five to 10 minutes total. That's including posting the post mm-hmm. on my drawing. Like, I would doodle it with the pen. I would uh, open the app and, like, literally just finger color some of the stuff. Wouldn't even worry about it being in the lines or anything. Mm-hmm. And post it pretty quickly, you know. And I, I had the hardest time finding time to draw when I took 10 minutes. As I got farther and farther along, obviously I had the iPad. It, things were getting more fun. I was getting used to it. I was spending, like, two hours on drawing. Mm-hmm. and yet I never had trouble finding the time. It, it's just weird how, like, your mindset, like, my, by the end, my mindset changed, and it turns out I had a lot more time than I had convinced myself that I had, mm-hmm. and and I was able to make it work when, uh, at the beginning, it was like, God, I'm not going to have time for this. Maybe I shouldn't have started it, and, and I did. I had to, like, really push myself to get through that barrier, and... I'm going to be honest, my house wasn't clean every day. My <laughs> laundry wasn't always done in a timely manner. Uh, you know. But hey, your kids were fed. They're still kicking. They're alive. That's we're the good. most important yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. And, and so it's like some days, uh, you know, some days were harder than others to find the time. But it turns out it's like, a, like uh, when you find that extra few minutes, it's like I didn't binge watch any TV. I didn't. Uh, clean my house as vigorously as I think people imagine stay-at-home moms do. And mm-hmm. uh, I certainly didn't 
uh, other than scrolling Instagram, like right after I would post, I wasn't on it. It wasn't until the very end when I started like getting obsessed with it because I was getting more comments and stuff and I'd get, well, get all crazy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it was just interesting how, how that worked out. It's like I was spending more time making art, but it felt like I had more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something's a priority. You're going to make more time for it. It's like you make time to eat. You make time to take a shower. You make time to, you know, take, you spend time with your family. You make time to go to your job. It's like, we all have the same 24 hours, right? No one's just like, met, like unless the crazy people who are like, oh, you just need three hours of sleep. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> sleep, please. It's so important to your mental health. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just about making different priorities and also lowering your expectations of what you need, quote unquote, to be a mm-hmm. successful artist. Because it's literally different for everyone we all different experiences like i don't have kids i i have my own apartment i don't live with anyone i don't have a lot of distractions i'm lucky enough that my boyfriend is working with me or else i would not be able to run two businesses moment of illustration and letter shop at the same fucking time mm-hmm. um which is stressful i had a breakdown last week it happens you know you, you, you burn out and you, you you do things but it's like then you learn from it you make mistakes and you pivot yeah. it's just when you you're so quick to give up that's the problem. Because like you said, you took such a long break and it took you a while to get back into it. It did. It did. But then how 10 minutes a day turned into two hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like only do what you can. Like slow and steady always wins the race. So it's like, and as a reminder, if there's someone on the internet that you're following that makes you feel like poopy caca, please unfollow them. Or just like. Uh, you know what I mean? Like if it's on Facebook, you can unfollow them or unsubscribe to them, but you're, they still don't know that you unfollowed them. You know what I'm saying? Like you do yeah. that on Instagram, you could restrict them or whatever. Yeah, you can um, mute people. Mute them. That's the word I was looking for. And they yeah. won't even know. They won't even know. Because like it happens. Like, there might be people out there who see my content and feel intimidated by it. And you know yeah. what? That's fine. Don't fucking follow me right now. My point, the whole point of my existence for you on the internet for my art is to make you feel good about yourself. So at any point I'm not doing that, please unfollow me and find somewhere else that makes you feel good because that's the entire point. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, to wrap up this episode, um, what do you think you over, like, overall gain from the 100-day project's experience? Um, well, I gained – I would say I gained a career, I, you know, in terms <laughs> oh, of just, – just a career? That's cool. Just a career, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, no, by the end, by the end of my project, before the project wrapped, I had my first like clients with a capital C, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and it was, it was really cool. Uh, it, and it was a learning experience. And I remember talking to you like, what should I do? <laughs> you know? And, and I, I did it. It's great. And ever since that point, I've just gotten a steady flow. And I, I wouldn't say that like doing a hundred day project is going to, to get you there, but I, I will say that it, what it did is it gave me an updated portfolio. So that was my goal is I needed current work for a website. Mm-hmm. I needed current work for a social, for a social media presence. And I needed current work that if someone says, can you make something for me? Mm-hmm. I knew that this is the work I'm doing. Therefore, this is the work they want. I didn't want to put out my old work, even some of my favorite stuff. I don't make that anymore. And 
it would be really hard for me to go back in time and do paper cut collages because mm-hmm. I, that's just not my method of working anymore. And I just, I don't have the time or space to do that right now. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, with ceramics. I was doing ceramics for a while. Um, and, and that fell by the wayside. I would hate if someone said, can you make me something, you know, a ceramic house or something out of ceramics that I could hang on my wall. And I, sorry, that's not what I do anymore. So I wanted something that if someone approached me, I would feel confident and say, yes, I'm going to make you this. Like, this is my, mm-hmm. what I do. Um, so in terms of what I, I did, I feel like I gained a career. Am I making a career's worth of money? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not, yet. Honey. not yet. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not saying that, that they're like rolling in, but mm-hmm. I got, I got my first bite. And I, and that's really like, for me, that was what I needed in terms of confidence. Like every, mm-hmm. every time I send an email, or every time someone, uh, you know, signs, signs a contract with me, it's like, I'm gaining invaluable experience and learning how this works and, mm-hmm. and how to get to the next step. And, you know, it, it, so that really helped in doing the hundred day project. Like I said, it just gave me that updated presence so that I could feel really confident about the drawings I was doing. So someone's like, yeah, we really liked this one. And they'll, they'll send me, you know, a link to the, the image that they saw. Okay, cool. I know, I know what you like now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that that's current, that's work I'm making. And, and so that's been really just invaluable. totally and it's so cool because like you literally get hired for the work that you put out there and so like you just got approached by clients that literally just want you to do your thing yeah exactly and that's it's just so empowering to know like oh they like this and don't overthink it although I overthink it every time Mm, and you know but I try not to and I try to remember like they picked me because they like the work that's out there and some of that Mm. work I made yesterday like clearly I can do this like I can Mm -hmm. do something and that's been really nice oh i'm so happy to hear that (laughs) well as the last uh stitch of advice any tricks or tips for other illustrators that might want to do the same as you uh it's okay not to plan it it's okay to skip days work ahead get behind um change your mind and do something totally different um and it's you know it's really what you make of it. it in my case it worked to not start with the rest of the world that amount of pressure i think was just a lot <laughs> right there if you google it there's an official one if you want to start with the rest of the world um but it was nice to just be like you know what it's august and i don't care you know, um and it's okay to do it personally it's okay to, to do something personally just to improve your skill and not even tell a soul Um, you know, it's really what you make of it. But my experience was by not overthinking it, by letting things go, posting drawings that were not perfect, I got through it. And in getting through it, I have like 10 or 12 pieces of art that are portfolio quality out of 100. Okay, that's how much work I had to make. And even Mm -hmm. then, that sounds More about than, right. You want to be picking like the top 10% of everything you made to put in your portfolio. So that sounds right. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's just nuts. It's, you know, you had to go through it. And it's not even that everything I made at the end was the best. Like there are a few mm-hmm. nuggets from the very beginning 
that just stood out. And that's, that's what's all about. Like uh, you hear all the time, you have to make a load of craft before mm-hmm. you get, before you get some good art. And, and that couldn't have been truer in this case. And so my hundred day project is mostly my load of crap. <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> That's so enjoy funny. That. I did archive yeah. some things, so I'm going to be honest. Like after the whole <laughs> thing was done, I like I let it exist in and of itself for a little bit, and then I archived some of the stuff that I like. I, I have a visceral reaction to right now, mm-hmm. um, just like the oh, that I don't like that one, or you know, I just, I, I just can't stand to look at it. I'll eventually I'll probably bring them back, you know, as I get more confident in where I'm currently at, but I'm still working with the confidence bug and, and how to stop self-hating myself and uh, mm-hmm. how to stop over-criticizing my own work. Uh, so, you know, if it's really that bad, you can always archive it later, you know, <laughs> if you're, if, but if you never make it, right, it's like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Totally. So you guys, if you like Gina, definitely give her a follow on Instagram, Gina underscore McMillen, and that's M-C-M-I-L-L-E-N, Gina, just like Dina. Um, okay. Give her a follow. If you're not already, please follow Women of Illustration. Um, we are, I don't even know how many followers we have. I think it's over like 310,000 or something like that. Yeah, that's all the time. It goes, we, we get uh, anywhere from fifty to 70,000 followers a month. So... That's the thing that happens. If you guys would like to get featured on Women of Illustration and skip the line, you can go ahead and support us on patreon.com slash women of illustration. Currently, it is $50 to get featured. That price will be increasing, though. So if you want to get grandfathered in, you got to act now. And also, our coaching tier is going up. Mm-hmm. So right now, our coaching tier is $100 a month. You get a coaching session with me every month. You also get featured women of illustration. You also get bonus story shout outs. And you also get access to a special DM group. So that way, if you're like, oh, my God, a client reached out to me. How should I price for this? What should I have my contract? What do you think about this piece? You can get m- nice feedback. So as soon as uh, pretty much these episodes go live, I will be closing that tier and then it will be double the price. So if you get in now, your grandfather. <laughs> um and Gene's probably like shit now I can't leave. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't leave now, god damn it. See how that marketing works, you see how it works. Um and guys, I so appreciate you listening to this podcast. Please, if you have a spare moment of your time, um, please leave us a positive keyword, positive review on Apple Podcasts and just let people know that we exist. It's so funny that we have so many followers on Instagram, but our main point is never to advertise ourselves. It's to advertise each other. It's to help give women a stronger voice in the artistic industry. Uh, Dina with her random foreign accents while she talks. Um, uh, and it would just be really cool if you guys could... Uh, just tell people that we exist because this podcast will always remain free. We're not interested in sponsorships and we just want to give you free advice because we've been there, we've done it, and we've learned it the hard way so that way you don't have to. Gina, thanks so much for being on the episode. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having me, Gina. This was so much fun and kind of like a little bucket list item to be on a podcast. So I love it. I love oh, that you're oh, my I was first. Your first. I was your first podcast. That's yeah, so nice. I love that. And if any of you guys out there are like, I want to be on a podcast, uh, send me a DM. Give me some topic ideas. Just do me a solid. Look at all the topics we've already covered in previous seasons. This is currently season three. 
Um, and if it's something we haven't covered before, bring it, give it to me. I'm always down to interview all different kinds of artists. You don't have to be popular to be on this podcast because we all have experiences to share. All right, Gina, let's say bye. Stay t- don't close the tab that we're recording on. Uh, I forgot to tell you that earlier. We're going to chit chat a little bit after this episode. <laughs> no worries. Um, but for, as, far, as far as you guys are concerned, we're leaving forever. Just kidding until next episode. But let's say bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you.